Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Danielle, what's your intention for tonight? What do you hope to get out of this? I hated seeing Lindsay's... episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry we we have a treat you guys um one thing about me is listen I try to keep my trolling to a minimum however something came an opportunity came to me and I thought yes you know when you say yes to things and good things happen so today I have brought you guys a senior editor at Glamour and the author of the upcoming book, Swipe for More, Inside the Unfiltered Lives of Influencers, out June 6th, Stephanie McNeil. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, so if you guys don't know who Stephanie is, she she did us all a favor, okay? Um <laughs> You spoke on something that I had been talking about for weeks, screaming about really on this podcast for weeks about how Tom Sandoval has ruined white nail polish for us all. Um, I was screaming as a black woman about how like how rude he could that he would do this to us right before vacation season, like right before the summer. This is like I don't have time to to readjust and 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 think about what color I need to pivot to. But uh, you put this down in a glamour article, and I, I I really appreciate you for this. There was a line that you wrote that said, "Truly, a white manicure is the only thing that Sandoval has been loyal to all season." And I thought, "Amen." This is my girl. This is my girl. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to speak the truth, you know. <laughs> you know, and that's all we can do in this in these dark dark times um i also had something happen to me and a friend i dared to put some white nail polish on a few weeks ago and i got sick immediately 
like literally hours later. <laughs> and then my friend, I talked about this. I think this is bad luck. So my friend tells me that the day she was about to change her manicure, she threw her back out. So watch out, people. This is more than just uh, it, more than just Sandoval. It, it's ruining people's lives. Ruining that is scary. Lives. I know. I know. It's like bad vibes all over the universe from one man. <laughs> Honestly, he's spreading it. <laughs> wide and thoroughly throughout the country um what cracked me up what does it feel like to have the worst clapback of all time given to you upon by the like the most hated man in america how does that feel because he wrote in an instagram story so sorry nothing i ever wear seems nothing i wear seems to ever look good and then he says at least have the courage to at me if you're gonna talk shit i thought your magazine was about being positive also what happens when i wear all the covers colors at michigan pride shows what (laughs) yeah it was that moment it was a really weird day for me um but not not a bad day um just very strange i'll have to say that my I've never really had a day like that before um (laughs) but everyone was very nice and kind to me on the internet um so it actually ended up being very very nice I had a I had a nice time reading everyone's messages I I laughed so hard and I thought gosh of all the things that he could respond to why this <laughs> is it really the only dog that he has left to fight and i think that might be i think you got him on the last thing that he thought that he could like uh stand his ground on and that's really remarkable i really don't understand it either um i certainly <laughs> didn't anticipate this i thought it would just be kind of funny and cute um but i guess it really just that's that's what did it you know I I don't know I don't I don't know why nails would be the (laughs) nail in the coffin (laughs) um but yeah got under his skin I will say yeah um yeah (laughs) what uh I feel like you could put that on your resume easily very very easily um did you notice however there was a TMZ picture of him um I'm doing air quotes right now on the phone with Raquel while on a Southwest flight. Um, and I don't know if you zoomed in quickly, but I think you really got to him because it looks like he's doing a white into blue ombre look now. I think he I might didn't be good. even, I saw that article, but I didn't even notice that. That's so funny. <laughs> oh my God. I had no idea. Yeah. It's like white into like a baby blue. And I, I really laughed at that. Like, Oh my God, she really, she really hurt him. She really hit him where it hurts. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know, same to all of us, because like you said, I, especially in the winter or in the summer would always do white nails. And I like what I said in the article was really true. I went and got my nails done a few weeks ago and it just was like, it hit different. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't do it. Um, Hands were shaking and sweaty. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just couldn't do it. And, you know, I I don't, I'm not like a, I don't try new nails all the time. So I'm not mm-hmm. very ambitious, like Same. outside of the box person with yeah. that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, shoot, what am I going to do now? Because like, that was kind of, you know, if I felt, if I didn't have an inspiration, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to get white, you know? Exactly. Um, 
Exactly. And now I'm kind of like, well, what do I do now? I, well, I don't know. Speaking of, I saw on your Instagram that you did decide on a pink matching your book, Swipe Up for More, which was very cute. So let's talk about your upcoming book. Are you so excited? Yes, I am so excited. Um, very nervous, just hoping it all goes well when it comes out, but I am very excited. And um, yeah, I thought that would be funny. Um you know, if everyone's going to be looking at my page, I might as well say like, Hey, I'm also wrote this book. Exactly. <laughs> so Take that what you learned. behind it. Yeah, exactly. Take what you learned and use it for yourself. So in the book, you follow the lives of three influencers as they kind of like navigate their brands and all that comes with being an influencer. Um, I thought it was fascinating that fact that like, all three of the subjects deal with different issues within the space, be it like your appearance, your size, haters, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we're all women. And unfortunately, we have to suffer the consequences of like, usually men in these boardrooms who just don't see the value in what's happening within this like online influencer space. And they ultimately like oftentimes think of it as like, silly and it's just hard to get like a seat at the table regardless of like how you might present as an influencer in the world and be accepted right absolutely uh you know i think one of the reasons why this industry hasn't been discussed or really analyzed with a lot of depth in recent years i feel like people write it off very quickly is because mm -hmm. of exactly that point um a lot of the Things that influencers talk about and cover and the spaces that they work in, whether it's parenting or beauty or fashion, are traditionally, you know, female coded spaces. And right. a lot of the people who are influencers are women. A lot of the consumers are women. So it feels like the whole industry has been very much hand waved away as something that is frivolous, that we shouldn't have to worry about, that we shouldn't have to analyze in any deep way. Um, so my goal with the book was just to do that because I think there really needs to be some deep thought and analysis and just discussion about the industry. Um, it's good parts, it's bad parts and everything in between, because I just, I haven't really seen that, um, yet in culture. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I was like, from like the first little intro, I was like, oh yeah, she hit on something that I really found fascinating. Um, one of the subjects of your book is Caitlin Covington, who, for those who are like maybe more online and less in the influencer space, y'all know who she is. She's known as like the Christian girl, autumn girl. She's an icon. She's a legend. She is the moment in, in her own respect. <laughs> and um, you discuss how she has like a vibe that makes you want to get to know her and like be her friend on top of the fact like it's not just she's conventionally attractive, but there's like more to it. Um, do you feel like I, I have this like what I call the Stasi theory about Stasi Schroeder, where she is like a lot like Caitlin to me on paper, where she's like pretty, but not so pretty that you want to die, <laughs> but like pretty <laughs> enough where you're like, I could be her friend, I could have her life, but it's like a so close but yet so far away sort of thing. Like there's a lot of relatability, but ultimately you're like, you're not really gonna have it. Like we're not you're not marrying Bo. You know, you're not having these beautiful children. You're probably not going to have like endorsement deals, but there's something about that where it's like, I could have that. And I find that alluring. Do you do you find that in the that influencer space? 
Absolutely. I think that's why so many women are so fascinated by influencers because they aren't like celebrities where it's kind of very pie in the sky. Like, oh, Mm. you know, there's probably no way that I'm going to be Reese Witherspoon or a model like Gigi Hadid or something like that. But someone like an influencer, one of the things they do super well is they make themselves the smart friend in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are someone who you can be you can relate to that you can, you know, you have similar interests to similar lives to. And so, you know, you want to follow them and buy their products and it does seem very attainable. Um, And they seem very relatable in a way that, you know, celebrities maybe don't, which I think makes them even more influential in a way because, Mm -hmm. You know, if you see a celebrity endorsement deal, for example, um, you know, I don't think anyone's ever flipped through a magazine and seen Jennifer Aniston for a vino and said, oh, my gosh, now I'm going to buy a vino because, you know, I I mean, maybe I don't know. But, you know, if my favorite influencer posts about a product and says, hey, I really, really like this. I have dry skin. I love this lotion. You guys should try it out because you have this view of them as someone who is like you just has a little bit of better products and a little bit of more access to things um, Mm -hmm. and smarter ideas, maybe even Um, it can make you want to buy from them because you trust them in that sense. Yeah. And I think that's why like Mormon mommy bloggers are like really had a moment. It was like, they really to me like I wasn't super in like inundated in that world but from what I saw from like the outside outside looking in it just seemed like they had cracked the code of like how to figure it out I I can raise my 17,000 children without breaking a sweat I can get a workout in I can have my kitchen organized and clean and my husband and I are having great sex obviously because here's the 17,001 kid (laughs) and like I think that's like very alluring to somebody who's like not in Utah and is like, how does she do it? How does she figure that out? Absolutely. I think that many women, even if they aren't mothers yet, are thinking about being mothers or Mm -hmm. picturing being a mother in the future. And I think that Mormon women in particular spend a lot of time devoted to the craft of motherhood, which Mm -hmm. sounds patronizing, I think, but I really don't mean it that way. I think that especially since becoming a mother myself, I really do feel like it's an art form and a craft that you can work on perfecting or at least trying to constantly get better at. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that in their culture, they spend a lot of time really, you know, they most of the women in their culture devote themselves to being mothers. Um, And so many of them, you know, have very alluring stories to tell about motherhood and, you know, have advice or products or all of this stuff that I think can be very enticing um, because motherhood is fraught. And I think, you know, I've never looked at so many products slash read advice in the past 10 months since my daughter was born. Um, And, you know, I'm someone who lives a lot on the internet and spends a ton of time on Instagram following influencers. And I am like times 5,000 since having a baby. So um, 
yeah, I think, I think that's where it comes from is I think a lot of women, even if they aren't mothers are mother curious where they like to, they like to see how women mother. Absolutely. I was watching my friend put me onto this woman on TikTok. Her handles like Leah's Cucina and she's just this woman from like Long Island and she's got two kids and she's just like, she'll just, she's always talking about the food she got from Trader Joe. And it just, there's, all I see in her comments are like, oh my God, I can't wait to be you in a few years. And she's just like the most normal woman on the planet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's something to her that people found very attractive. Yeah, absolutely. I think people, I don't know. I think that especially in this country, women have a lot of anxiety about becoming mothers because, you know, there isn't a lot of social support. So it's something that, you know, a lot of women think about and, Mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to do this? How am I going to be a good mother? How am I going to X, Y, Z? And I think following these people who, you know, really make it look like an art form is very appealing. For sure. Um, so I have a question about like reality stars and how they influence and all of that. Can you think of anybody just off the top of your head where you see them like on, you know, somebody on Summer House or whatever, any Bravo show or anything reality TV related? And you're like, oh my God, you're leaving so much money on the table. Like, is there anybody that you just kind of want to shake and be like, take the money, girl? What are you doing? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like Sierra could be doing a lot more, Mm, Um, but I kind of get the vibe that she's not, I don't know. I kind of get the vibe that she doesn't really, I don't know. She, Uh she doesn't like (laughs) maybe want to be, I don't know, but I think she's just like, I find her to be very compelling and she's so beautiful. And, you know, I think has like a lot of, I, I, I think she's cool. Um, so I think if she really like went on all in on being an influencer, I would certainly follow her. Um, I don't know. What do you, who do you think? They're all kind of influencers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I find myself most frustrated if we're going to keep it to summer house by like Lindsay, because I feel like she has a background in PR. So she should out of everybody know how to work the system. And yet all I've seen of her recently is like some, you know, fresh delivered fish sandwich that she made in collaboration with the brand, which is cute. But I also don't see the integration. Like, I understand how many sandwiches have you made for me is a famous thing. But am I going to buy a pre-made fish sandwich from Lindsay because of that? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't sound very appealing. No. (laughs) Pre-made fish sandwich? Exactly. It's like one of those food delivery services, I think, where you like kind of cook some of it and like, you know, like it gives you everything fresh and ready to go. But um, it just doesn't make sense to me why she yeah. doesn't do more. I don't know. I feel like she I mean, that was kind of an issue in the reunion, right? I don't think it was the reunion, not the yeah, the reunion. Uh-huh. Um where they were saying she was like hustling selling all these people magazine stories so I mean I don't know yeah yeah I mean I guess TBD on that um oh man oh you also speak in your book about uh like how race plays a factor into uh how money gets disseminated and how obviously like white women will tend to make way more money than black women and women of color um 
there was i'm not sure if you were hip to this there was like a tiktok drama a couple weeks ago with tarte cosmetics yeah in which um there was a group trip of influencers one of them was black she gets on tiktok and says that she's being treated very differently she's being asked to leave early like they're most of the other girls are staying longer and having more opportunities and doing more events and stuff she ends up leaving early and they essentially replace her with two other black women influencers who are not in the beauty space at all (laughs) so it just look it was a bad look all around it was a bad look for tart it was a bad look for then those black influencers that replaced her because they're like wow this seems very disloyal um from a racial aspect and do you think that there is a shift that's happening at all in terms of like progress with um you know women black women and women of color getting more opportunities as you know their white counterparts i think that there has been some progress since 2020 i think not enough progress i think we have a long way to go um the tart situation was actually really interesting because it was highlighting something that a lot of people in the industry have been talking about since 2020. And I Mm -hmm. do discuss in my book, which is that a lot of brands were able to hand wave away, I would say, or, Mm -hmm. you know, possibly if we're going to give them a sympathetic reading, truly didn't really understand how they were dismissing black creators because there is a fundamental issue in equity in how popular black influencers are able to get on the platform versus white influencers. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately America is a racist country and a lot more, let them know. (laughs) Yeah. A lot more, white women have more followers than black women just straight up. And there have been a lot of inequities in the industry that has led to that. But that is the situation we're in now where there are just astronomically more uh, white women who have, let's say a million plus followers than there are black women. Right. And so what goes on on these brand trips or which has gone on in the past is the brands are giving preferences to the influencers who have the biggest platforms, who they think are going to be the most influential, who, you know, if you're someone who has 10,000 followers and you get invited on the trip, the brand might treat you differently than someone with a million followers. Um, And from their perspective, I guess that makes sense because they're seeing the ROI being higher if you have a way bigger platform. The problem is, is since the racial inequity is so baked in, the brands can say, oh, well, it's It's not our fault. Uh Yeah, it's a numbers thing. You know, let's say we invited 10 people and the threshold was a million followers and yeah, they're all white, but that's not our fault because we, that was the arbitrary line we drew in the sand. Or another really good example is there have been influencer programs where the brand will say, we only pay creators over a hundred thousand followers in our brand campaigns. So Mm. if we're going to do a campaign, 
we are only taking people with a hundred thousand followers. But if you have 20,000 followers, we'll, we'll give you some free products, but we won't pay you like we would someone with a bigger platform. Right. And so you can see the obvious implications of that are that, you know, they're the same brand will be working with primarily or all white influencers and paying them and then working with influencers of color and not paying them. And they're mm-hmm. able to say that because they're like, well, just look at the numbers. This is the numbers thing. So what's been going on in the industry is this push to get brands and the industry in general away from viewing follower count as an indication of value. So right. there's you been talk a- about um, Mirna, not to interrupt you, but you talk about Mirna Valerio in your book and how she has like a smaller follower account but they're very loyal and like they will trust her and the things that she's putting out there and recommending to her followers so like how do you how do you explain that to a brand like my follower account might be lower but like I have they're gonna do it my followers are gonna like you know support your brand more than somebody who might have a million followers who just like likes somebody because they're pretty or whatever, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of been the big push that people in the industry who are doing these deals, um, you know, like the agents and managers and stuff like that um, have been doing this big push to get brands to recognize the value of engagement rate, which is essentially right how many of your followers actively interact with your posts. Mm-hmm. Um So that's been something that I think has made a difference. Um, But obviously we have a long way to go, but it does make a lot of sense because like you said, if I have 10,000 followers, but they trust me so much that 80% of them will buy things that I post on my feed, Mm -hmm. that is way more valuable than if I have 80,000 followers, but only 1% of them actually right. care about my content. Right. Um, so it's it's a nice thing because it's something that's really spreading equity, but it's also just good business and kind right. of a maturation of the way that the industry should be. Um, but I don't remember all of the details of the Tarte situation, but I believe that's basically what it was, was, you know, some creators were being treated with more perks than the others because Mm -hmm. of their platform, which, you know, the brand can't come out and say, oh, well, you know, this isn't our fault. This is just our policy. You know, these, this is the way that it's, we're, you know, we're going to give people with more followers, more perks, but then you don't think about how that, the problem with that, you know? Right. Right. Well, I'm hoping progress all around and much success with your book. I'm I'm excited to read the rest of it. I really liked what Thank I've you. read so far. Thank um, you so much. Do you want to talk about Summer House and what the heck happened on that reunion? Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, so the first person we see is Lindsay. She's coming out of a car. I love these like behind the scenes. We're in the glam room. We're coming out of the, the limos and Lindsay is like, bad out of hell she's almost like a like a bad girl in the backstage of like a maury show like i don't give a fuck i got nothing to lose i don't care whatever (laughs) like she's over it she's so over it she's very much like i don't know i feel like in a lot of reunions she's really been 
on the in the hot seat, so to speak. But oh. I mean, she really has burned every bridge in the house. I guess for maybe with not with the new girls, but yeah, it seems very clear what's going on based on like social media and on this reunion that like the new class is kind of sticking with red house and the other couch is very much not especially Paige. Paige made that very clear so well why do you think that is do you think that they just want to be contrarian I feel like the more I watch this reunion I'm thinking it's been very obvious to me like the past couple seasons that Paige moves with what's going on in social media and she will get either like a battery in her back because people are rooting for her or she'll pivot in another direction if they're not like and I think she's coming into this reunion it seems thinking like oh everybody's gonna watch this and be on my side and I think she's gonna have a rude awakening well she already had a really bad reunion last year yeah but she never really I feel like we never got a lot of resolution on that because she was very obviously upset and angry with Lindsay Mm -hmm. during the reunion and then we never really got an explanation as to why I think that maybe she said on her podcast or something also like maybe on Instagram I don't remember but she said something like oh I'm gonna everything's gonna be revealed on Winter House and then nothing ever happened on Winter House (laughs) and so I don't know I feel like that was a misstep for her where she seems to be 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 very like cunning in her um self presentation to the world and I think she should have come out and have said why she was so angry I don't know exactly it doesn't make sense because she like nothing happens during the season and then she comes in so hot during the reunion it's very jarring um right let's get into the fashion real quick uh what do you think about what I call Kyle's Murray Hill mullet um I don't get it I think it's, I mean, maybe this is his way of just like acting out before because he turned 40 and I know they're thinking about having kids. So maybe this is like his last gasp of like, (laughs) like cool sending it, Kyle. Not that you can't be cool when you have a kid, but I don't know. I think that didn't Amanda say at some point that he had just always wanted to do it because it's not like, it's not like, I guess some Gen Z are doing it, but it's not like it's like a very cool, trendy thing to be doing right now that like everyone's doing. It's just like him. He he is doing it and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it was like, like you said, like Gen Z very briefly had a moment. Like I feel like Lisa Barlow's son had a mullet at some point, but then I think they moved Mm -hmm. on and he Kyle hasn't seemed to. Um I also just felt very deeply that I one of my life's missions is to be a Bravo specific reunion stylist because these girls don't get it and it's very frustrating to me (laughs) yeah I I just feel like I don't know I like Paige's style so okay let me put my cards on the table Amanda is my style icon truly you wrote an um, article about her recently. Loved I it. did. I did. <laughs> and, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't say that in the article, but it's something that I truly feel like when 
I put a good outfit together, I'm like, yeah, I look like Amanda. Like I'm good. <laughs> um, but you know, I love a long shirt. I love a bike short. Um, sure. but I actually, I think she always goes kind of off the wall on reunions. I mean, I guess they all kind of do. And Agreed. I thought this was actually pretty subdued. I like a bright color. Um, but I didn't think that hers was like anything crazy. Um, Paige, I also enjoy her style for the most part, although I can't, I wouldn't say that I emulate it that often. Um, but I, I don't, what is up with the flower? I don't know. <laughs> She's clearly trying to channel like a season six or four Carrie Bradshaw and it's not working. The dress was too long. For like the style of it and kim kardashian yeah. has a problem too like you guys are short as a five foot woman you can't wear everything i'm sorry like you might have the body for it technically but the length isn't there and so it just yeah. ends up looking too big like Paige, my problem is that she wears a lot of fast fashion that she doesn't like fit to her body and so it ends up looking like cheaper and worse in real the execution for me mm. Mm. yeah yeah um yeah I could see that Maya failed for me with the the fabrics the crochet top and and like I feel like you can't do a silk bottom it just wrinkles too fast and it just does it ends up not looking good I just feel like her outfit is like you're going out it's the summer you're gonna go to drinks and then to a club and you just want to wear something super zany that like you're kind of looking in the mirror right before and you're like should I do it and you're like yeah I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do it (laughs) it's not exactly to me the right time and place for what she's trying to do although I appreciate the effort like I appreciate the like boldness that she's trying to portray but it doesn't work for me for a bravo reunion look yeah yeah um i have to say my favorite is Lindsay's. i think i yeah, i like I it agree. I yeah agree. i i think uh, i like i really like that sam looks like me going to a party when i was 22 <laughs> out of frat <laughs> <laughs> I yeah she was giving like dancing with the stars intro card to me um and I feel for her because she said that this was like a very last minute last choice for her and it shows she didn't like it and you know that's a shame she'll we'll get her next time she'll be I fine. wonder why I wonder why I wonder what happened I really yeah, do. I don't know um, um Danielle is also a miss for me unfortunately yeah she looked a little like like a sexy lettuce <laughs> something like that. not bad not great <laughs> um so andy says he wants to like set some intentions specifically with Lindsay and danielle so danielle he asked danielle what are your intentions and she says i hated seeing Lindsay's face and i hate the way she looked at me it felt like i was looking at a stranger and if it's over then it'll be over ma'am that's not an intention that's just you saying that you don't like her anymore <laughs> that's like she wanted that to be her first line in the reunion (laughs) coming out real hot yeah actually does listen and says she wants to like have an open honest conversation between her and danielle because she says i feel like over the summer we weren't hearing each other we were speaking different languages at times and i just want to have an open dialogue which i love that Lindsay said because i am like very pro danielle 
and it's been real difficult. My knees are scraped. I barely have any nails mm-hmm. left. I've just been fighting all season to try and figure out what the issue is. And I think Lindsay really hit on something is that they were not speaking the same language at all. Like they weren't seeing each other and, and getting each other. And I think that was a lot of their issue. Oh, absolutely. I think that my interpretation of the situation was clearly Danielle was going through things in her personal life because she broke up with Robert. So I think she was kind of not her best self and was kind of raising the red flag of, hey, I'm not doing well. Like, I need you to ask me what's wrong, maybe, Mm -hmm. or I need you to see me. And Lindsay just wasn't seeing her. Right. And that kind of led to her acting out in like a myriad of ways that ultimately led to the demise of their friendship. So I, it's hard because I totally understand what you mean. And I, you know, in this fight, I think I do have to come out team Danielle because I think that she really did not handle this well Mm-hmm. obviously really? <laughs> but I can see like what's going on behind the scenes and right. I just feel mm-hmm. like Lindsay's just like an inability to see it and her I guess like coldness in just dumping her was very sad to watch I agree I think I it was sad to also watch Danielle not realize that her friendship had ended weeks ago <laughs> And, and still yeah. there was like a shot in hell for them that was just hard to watch I felt for her um she's not handling this well at all I mean I'm not like her execution horrible but I see to quote Kelly Clarkson behind these hazel eyes like you said like I see where she's coming from absolutely I think like I cringe so much watching her this season. It was just, it was such a bad showing by her, but I think she was just like spinning out truly. Yeah. And just couldn't control her emotions. Um, And I don't understand why Lindsay couldn't see that. And like, I feel like if she had like sat her down and been like, Hey, what is going on? Danielle would have just like been like finally and maybe would have they could have fixed it um yeah and it seemed like they were getting there at the housewarming but that like wasn't the time and place to just be like I'm very unhappy with all aspects of my life you know and and that's yeah yeah like when she came on the show she was this girl boss in tech and you know she quit her job a couple of seasons ago um And, you know, I, she's working on an app, but I, I totally could be wrong, but I have not seen anything about this app. Is this app real? You're correct. Um, so (laughs) that to me, I mean, maybe her app will be great, but you know, that to me is kind of a worrying sign for, you know, her current career. Um, and then we obviously know now that her and her boyfriend broke up, um, and you know, I haven't experienced this in my my own life, but I have seen this happen to friends and other people that I know that women, if they're not happy with the current or anyone, I don't want to just say women, but 
I think if people aren't happy with the current state of their own relationship and maybe want to be progressing their own relationship faster, it could be fair. They can have really bad, ugly reactions when yeah, people yeah, for sure. get it. Like, for example, if you've been dating your partner mm-hmm. and you want to get engaged, but maybe you're realizing the relationship isn't headed that way um, or, you know, they're not proposing um, or whatever. Right. Um I've heard through the grapevine multiple times of people that just had flat flat out like meltdowns Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, about that. And so while I I can't relate to that, I know it's something that happens. So I think that could also be coming into play. Yeah, there was a conversation that she had with Robert that really stuck with me where she was like, should we get a dog? Should we get property? Like, we don't have to get married. We're not that kind of couple. Like, I get it. But like... She obviously wanted something to like solidify and tether themselves to each other. And Robert was just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) And then in that moment, I was like, oh, okay. She, she's feeling like she's not where she should be. And then she's watching her best friend and her other best friend, like race to the altar in her mind. And it's making her flail. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's confusing to me is I always thought that, Lindsay and Danielle for their own separate flaws seem to have a very healthy friendship I mean obviously I think Danielle rode very hard for her Mm -hmm. but there were a couple of times on the show where Danielle sat her down and said hey I really don't like the way you handled this and they worked through it really maturely in a way that I remember thinking wow that's really cool um Mm -hmm. I you know I think that's really like it's nice to see that on tv I mean especially on bravo um (laughs) And so I guess I'm surprised that that seems to be completely going over Lindsay's head. And she's like, I just don't understand how you couldn't see your best friend was flailing that bad. Yeah. And and I've always said, like, Lindsay lives in a very black and white objective world, whereas, like, I think Danielle to some extent, but also definitely Paige sierra maya live in like a girl's world so to speak like a girl's rule you know kind of world where like Lindsay's not doing anything technically wrong she's just not like on girls rules like mm-hmm. she's not doing the girl code thing and i think that is very like confusing to a lot of the women in the house i mean as a girl's girl i would have a really hard time with that yeah <laughs> so i get it <laughs> same <laughs> same but she's not technically wrong and it just makes it so like difficult to uh navigate um so at this point we get into the blind items that were about kyle like all over new york making out with different girls uh the cookie emoji and um i would like to say because i got a lot of uh comments about this because i've been saying stephanie for like a long time that i feel like Kyle has a an affinity for black women that he's not um touching on because obviously he's now married but I'm seeing it happening and so I make little jokes about it on the podcast so when Kyle said oh yeah people are saying especially Maya (laughs) that I've been hooking up with her I was like oh no oh no but so I would like to say for the record because I know you guys do listen to this podcast I don't think you guys were cheating I just see the chemistry just just put that out there I'm just looking at what I'm looking at okay and there is chemistry I think we can all agree um but this then leads to like 
it kind of we kind of like move on from those blind items and start blaming Lindsay for four years ago bringing up these what ended up being false cheating rumors about Kyle but he did cheat on her at one point but like bringing it up on camera was very triggering for Kyle and Amanda and they feel like and Paige also chimed in quite a bit that she feels like uh that they are just like doing very tactical things. They feel like uh, Lindsay was the one who put out that blind item because it came out around the same time they were having issues between Carl and Kyle on the show. Uh, Paige then says that she feels like uh, they put out some source. They were the sources that said that Craig got kicked out of Kyle and Amanda's wedding. And there's just a lot of accusations flying around um Lindsay does apologize for bringing up the cheating rumors four years ago on camera but there's a lot of like vacillating between with Kyle and Amanda. I'm sorry you you cut out a little bit oh was um it? okay yeah I just want to start that thought over oh yeah sure um so okay so they get into this blind item about Kyle cheating and uh then this turns into an accusation about Lindsay putting things out there in the public record, either through blind item or like through anonymous sources. Paige says that she was the one who put out that Craig got kicked out of Kyle and Amanda's wedding and things of that nature. There's just like a lot of accusations flying around. Lindsay does apologize about the four years ago cheating admission with Kyle and Amanda. But for me, there was a lot of like vacillating between Kyle and Amanda saying they're not mad but also being mad in present day about this. So what did you think about that? I mean, I don't want to come off as like overly shady to anyone, but I believe them. I don't know. Like, yeah, but I I think that happens on Bravo all the time. Like, I think that's something that I don't know if it's working in the media or, or what, but I think that once I realized that a lot of the Bravo celebrities were planting stories about themselves and were working the press in a really sophisticated way, it was Mm. like red pill for me where it was like, oh my God, I'm looking at this entire situation very differently now. Right. Um, Because I think it's really easy as a viewer to just watch the show and think it all happens in a vacuum, but it doesn't. And you know, I think that, I think that they all do it to a certain extent. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I guess my, my hot take is I believe them. That's what I was thinking. Like it's why bring up an accusation like that when probably all of you guys are guilty of telling somebody something, some blog, media person, people, Dave Quinn, whoever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like somebody's told somebody something and it's gotten out there but um I feel like Paige did an oopsie by first claiming that Craig didn't get kicked out but then she was like well how would you guys even know because you weren't there so I've heard that that was true that he was like getting into it with uh maybe Kyle or Amanda's family members I'm oh, yikes <laughs> yeah sounds like he got very sloppy allegedly allegedly well i mean we've all seen southern charm (laughs) Uh, yeah right it's not like this is an unbelievable fact i i could see now like i've watched southern charm enough to know that when 
there's one hair out of Craig's out of place. Some he's gone too far and he's gonna start getting sloppy. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um it, it, I I don't know. Like I feel like there are accusations of uh Kyle puts on a, a Lindsay of saying you bring things to production. I know for a fact that you knew about this cheating rumor weeks before we went into the show. You talk to production about how you were going to lay it all down and you're, you do that all the time. I never do that. And Carl says, well, you do because you do that with your lover boy stuff, <laughs> which I feel like is a little different, but um, then this goes to Carl just being like, well, you cheated. Like, so at the end of the day, does it matter who brought it on television or not? If it's what you actually did, which is a fair point. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard. It's really hard to like get into their heads on this kind of stuff, to be honest, because Uh I, I would just never go on a reality show about my life. So like, (laughs) I see both sides, like on the one hand, I guess if I did sign up for a reality show about my life, and then my, you know, spouse cheated on me, it would be fair game. Like that's what you sign away. Like I totally understand that. Right. But then if you expect to have real relationships and friendships outside of filming, I don't know why you would throw your friend under the bus like that, because that to me, if I were in that situation, I would just be like, okay, well, clearly we aren't friends. We're just essentially actor coworkers at this point. So you were with Amanda when she said if the shoe was on the other foot and Carl cheated on you, I would tell you off camera and then we would figure out how to navigate this on the show. If you were truly their friend, that is what you would do. A hundred percent. Right. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't, I don't know how you could argue otherwise. You could argue that Lindsay doesn't actually care about being friends with them and is just trying to maneuver on the show. And I mean, that's, if that's what she wants to do, that's fine. I don't think you can say with a straight face, like, oh, yeah, I'm bringing up your dirty laundry on camera. But, like, I don't know. I guess you can hand wave it away and be like, oh, well, that's the show. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I, I'm with you. I, I see both sides on this situation. But I did have to chuckle when Lindsay said, I, I, for what it's worth, I had a hard time bringing that on television. And Amanda's like, I'm so sorry that you struggled with that. <laughs> outing my my boyfriend on cheating thank you I so know, sorry about I know, that. I know. <laughs> um so at that point we talk about like Sam and how Maya took her aside to tell her that she talks too much but it seemed like they kind of resolved that like it was something obviously a sensitivity for Sam I would not have said anything if I were Maya but I guess I see her point of like she probably knew I had been talking shit about her on camera. So maybe I should take her outside and, and say it again. I, I thought that know. was such a bizarre scene. I and agree. I, everyone's reaction to it, like people on the show and, you know, viewers um, was very like, oh yeah, that's like a totally normal thing to say to someone. It's and not- I thought that was so bizarre. <laughs> like if not- someone... I don't know. I would just, I would never do that in a million years. Like, that's just so weird. Um, But if that's, you know, if that's something that if she's fine with it, I guess it's fine. I just thought it was super weird. Yeah. I mean, I think it is super mature of Sam to be like, you know, I, 
there are people who have I've seen say things on the show who haven't approached me. So I do at least appreciate her for like coming to me and saying it to my face, but I would never, you would never let's move on. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I guess, I guess how I feel is to me, that seems very blatantly just trying to do a storyline sort of thing mm -hmm. rather than, Oh, like, I don't know. What do you, I, I, I don't know. I feel like Maya is moving very strangely and I liked her yeah. last season but like Me too. I, I don't get I don't get it <laughs> I don't understand yeah. what's happening her, the difference between her this season and last season is very stark to me and yeah. I don't really know what's going on um I mean I think a lot of people kind of changed um doing that like going from not being on Bravo to being on Bravo Fair. but I liked her a lot last year, um, but I guess she could come back. I don't know. I didn't dislike her. It was just like weird things like this where I was like, what are you doing? Right, right. Just very odd. Very odd. Um, so this then moves into like the issue. I don't know if we call it an issue, but just like Sierra, Gabby, and Maya didn't click. There's like partial racial aspects to it. And Gabby says to Sierra, like, I just don't think you really like me and that's fine. But like, I just feel like you created a situation or reason not to like me and it wasn't genuine like you guys were talking about me being privileged I never had a conversation about money with Sierra at all so I don't know what the deal is and Sierra says it's not that I don't like you it's just like you talked about having your parents credit card which is fine but just kind of rubbed me the wrong way it just felt like bragging and so Maya says for her it was less the privilege stuff it was more like she just felt like they hadn't cracked the code. But then they had that conversation at Chris and Danielle's dinner about uh, race and, and dating and all of that. And she felt like that was like a moment where it was like, oh, okay, I, I get Gabby now. I still feel like Gabby doesn't feel the warmth from Maya. And she definitely doesn't feel it from Sierra. And... Sierra I don't know what Sierra is doing in this case I think that my impression of Sierra is she is just someone who if she doesn't like you she doesn't like you yeah (laughs) and like I don't know a lot of people myself included like I if I don't like someone I don't think that I would let them know it but she just I just feel like she's very like cut and dry person and so I think she just like hung out with Gabby and was like nah don't like you and doesn't feel the need to pretend like she does like it doesn't seem very deep to me yeah yeah I feel like if Gabby Gabby's not a bed bug you know she wants to be up in the house and like doing things and I just think that they never really had the time to connect and that gave Sierra the opportunity to just be like well there's something weird about her or whatever that I'm just not vibing with but I think Gabby's the future of the show frankly I like Gabby a lot. I like Sam a lot. Um, They definitely brought some new energy into the house for sure. Yeah, I I like them a lot. Um, So then they switch to like how Sierra and Danielle now are friends with each other. And Lindsay, I think pretty uh, graciously was like, yeah, I get it. Like Sierra doesn't like me. So it makes sense that once Danielle and I started having issues that they would be friends and I'm not offended by it. Like I get it. I was the issue, you know, so to speak. And now they're friends, right? Um, and then we get to the babes. Now I have to gauge your opinion 
just of Carl and Lindsay as a couple. Are you rooting for them? How are you feeling? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, so what I feel about Lindsay is I don't think that I, her and I would be besties if we mm-hmm. met each other. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not a hater and I think she is amazing at reality television. I believe that she is extremely strategic about reality TV. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I believe the planting story stuff, because I yeah. think like reality TV is her job to answer Paige or later in the episode right. and like reality TV is her job and she right. treats it like a job and she's very good at her job, but I am not someone who I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm team Lindsay because I think that she would be kind of difficult to be around. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about her and Carl. I have a soft spot for Carl. I think he's like a genuinely, he's trying to be a better person. Yeah. On the one hand, I think that a lot of people end up in long-term relationships with people who have seen them through everything because they like can't explain their lives to other people and I think like it's super comforting to be with someone who's seen you through everything yeah um thank you (laughs) yeah and I think like you know I think I was really telling was I don't know if it was last year or the year before when Carl's brother died and he like went straight to Lindsay and like Mm -hmm. you know I think like that to me felt very genuine. And so I do think that they're going to work. I understand why their friends, maybe, you know, Carl's friends are, you know, cause Lindsay seems to be kind of a difficult person, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but I, I also kind of get it and maybe they're meant to be, I don't know. Is that a super wishy-washy answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I see because Carl even mentioned something in this episode about how like 
she has seen me throughout, you know, different stages of my life. And there's like a, a stability to that. And I think that really was like, because what I've been thinking this whole time is like, they're friends, for sure. Best friends. I get it. Does this really translate into a relationship? I don't know. But it's happening. I don't really fully sign on to this complete love affair. But like, I think it works for them. And that's fine. Whatever works for people is what works for them, right? But I I look at them and I'm just like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like as a viewer, I don't think that they have like a ton of chemistry. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, I don't maybe maybe that's not what they need. <laughs> exactly. You know, who knows? No, I'm with you. Um, so Andy does ask Kyle about their past and like Lindsay's past and what his concerns about because Kyle makes mention of like oh, if anybody was dating Lindsay, any of my friends were dating Lindsay, I would be concerned. (laughs) To which Lindsay's like, uh, (laughs) what do we mean by that? So then he like opens it up a little bit and says, listen, I've known both of them a long time. And I just had concerns in the very beginning because he said at Winterhouse, I believe, like Carl had confided in him about not knowing if he wanted to continue the relationship with Lindsay because she was drinking and being activated. And that was like an issue with his sobriety and just activated. (laughs) So he says like, I, you know, I just thought that they were in a honeymoon phase. Mostly because Lindsay was sober and we were all just kind of waiting to see what was going to happen when Lindsay started drinking again and it wasn't like we don't love her, but it was just like, I think a fair concern, which Lindsay actually agrees is a fair concern. So this has been my issue with this season, but I get it. I think the whole, well, a lot of their issue, my concern is a lot like Kyle. Lindsay doesn't want to be sober. She was doing it in support of Carl or possibly because she knew that maybe her relationship would end. And so she decided to be sober for X amount of months, started drinking again. Obviously, she does not have a good relationship to alcohol because not everybody's out here like screaming, how many sandwiches have you made for me and whatnot. But and so I think the only real concern that I have kind of heard from this group of people with regard to their concern about Lindsay and Carl is. To me, it's like Carl doesn't want Lindsay to drink. But Lindsay wants to drink. So how do we do this? How do we figure that out? Yeah, I can't. I mean, does he, do you think he doesn't want her to drink or he just doesn't want to be? I mean, I guess it would just be really hard to be around her when she was drinking. If you yeah, were sober. I, I think he would be fine if she. Like had a glass of wine, like a couple glasses of wine yeah. out on happy hour. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's a big difference between um, binge drinking and, you know, because yeah, I think you know, if she can just like have a glass of wine with dinner or something, that's kind of not a big deal, but I can understand how it would be triggering uh, for him, for her to live the summer house lifestyle, which is insane. (laughs) Exactly. Like he, you know, that episode where she's going off on him about like, you need to stand up for me. And it's what o'clock in the morning. And he's like, I've got berries in the morning. Like, I'm not trying to get your rosé breath 
screaming at me about whatever that probably you would not be screaming at me for if you were not drinking, you know, like I, I, I see the frustration in him. And to me, that was like a big thing that they need to talk about. And even though Carl said that they were in couples therapy about it, it still seemed like unresolved to me, in my opinion. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's a really challenging thing. Um, Mm. But I think also, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Lindsay's also had this persona over the past couple of years that like she was just getting her like crazy partying out and like almost like she was viewing this time as her last hurrah because she Mm -hmm. has been like so desperate. Not desperate. That's mean. She's been so (laughs) focused on like she really wants to get married and have kids. Um, And so I mean, I could also totally see them having a kid and her just like kind of settling down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he's kind of hoping that's what's, like, it's just kind of kind of work itself out naturally, which to be fair, I think, you know, I, I knew a lot of people who partied like that in their twenties and now that they're in their thirties, they pretty seamlessly transitioned to not doing that every single weekend. So maybe yeah. that would happen. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it would be healthy for either of them to continue the way that they're, what they're doing. Yeah. But I I think also, I think also it's difficult because like I said, her job is being on reality TV right now. So it's like, you know, you have leads me to my other thing is that like these OGs, especially Carl, they don't really feel like they want to be there. Yeah. And it's like, they seem tired Carl really seems like he just wants to like do anything else I think Amanda's not really like super motivated to be on TV like she's chill about it but there's not a hunger there you know Um, absolutely and so like where does that leave us (laughs) this summer like I don't I love Lindsay and I think she's made for reality TV but I have no interest in watching her on Summer House anymore I just don't (laughs) I mean, I think that her end game has to be to get on another show, right? Housewives, I mean, that's kind of, be. yeah, because especially, I mean, the new housewives are getting, I don't know how old they are, but they're not like, you know, the ages, the OGs housewives, they're it, like 30s right. and 40s. So right. it's not completely inconceivable that she could fit in with that group. Um, yeah, I agree. So maybe that's her end game. Um but yeah, I think that's like a been a big takeaway from this season is, I mean, same as Vanderpump before the scandal, mm-hmm. where it's kind of becoming unrealistic to watch them act like this. Right. Like, I mean, Kyle's 40. I don't, I don't know anyone who parties like that anymore. Um, no. And I'm significantly younger than him. So it's kind of like, I don't really... And especially with the addition of the younger people, um, mm. you know, like Sam and Gabby, it's like, you know, these these people wouldn't really be organically hanging out, right? I mean, no, they're I mean, almost 15 years like, of older. Yeah, it's like Sam's like at her older brother, like her significantly older brother's house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like her, like their mom got remarried. She had another. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, let's have another kid. This His, is hers, and ours. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's just, it's, and I also, I gotta say, I really like seeing them in the city. I think there's a show in that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when I talked to Amanda, and this is in my piece, she said that she would be open to mm-hmm. some sort of spinoff focusing around the original cast and that if they wanted to continue Summer House with a younger cast um, or, you know, I think she's she's still open to continuing. But that was something that I was seeing a lot on, let's say, like the Bravo Internet was mm-hmm. people saying this just doesn't feel organic anymore, right. especially a show based around partying so much I think like Summer House when it started really was based on this very real phenomenon in New York where in your 20s a lot of people will go out every weekend and just like get hammered in the Hamptons or New Jersey or wherever um but to me it seems very clear that this is not Paige's jam either but she's you know built this whole career off of it Mm um and it it's not like I think that was the magic of the early show was it really was people who would be doing this already um, right waking up at four o'clock on a Monday so that they could be in the office by like nine thirty. you know <laughs> like, oh yeah that. like I I knew people who did that you know who would come back Sunday night or Monday morning and that was definitely like the vibe of the early show yeah um but now it's basically a bunch of people who this is their job and so they're kind of having to like have the show fit into their life right. um which I think is not, I don't know. I just don't see how that's sustainable long-term. Um, I think they got to we'll go see. back to like the COVID season to me was one of the best ones. Like let's stick them in the house and you can't leave. Like the, these weekends I think are very disjointed too. Cause we don't see what's going on with them in the city really. And then they're back and it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They got to figure out. I actually, I actually disagree with you because I, really did not enjoy the last season of winter house because of that because it, i just felt like there was not enough going on well that's it was true. just every single night was let's throw another theme party and get wasted and watching the show i think you're supposed to think of it as aspirational In some at way. least to yeah. an extent you know when i'm watching summer house i'm like oh that looks like an amazing restaurant or look at this nice house or all of this stuff look at these cool parties and these cool bars and winter house like i swear i like could feel through the screen that like horrible feeling when you're on like day two or three of a bachelorette party and you really just want to go home <laughs> but you know you have a full day of drinking ahead of you yeah and, like that was the whole show and Is it there's... just was like so weird to me <laughs> there's nothing aspirational about like craig getting on an old kitchen table and smashing glasses on the ground you're right you're right about that yeah and it was just like <laughs> boring yeah yeah that may have been a lot of the cast though i really want craig and austin to be away from me i really do Austin <laughs> especially austin especially um but okay so then we go back to like what danielle's read of is of the relationship and she says you know i think they wanted this fairy tale and i they completely bought into it and i completely bought into it but it just seemed like you guys wanted to express your love more than anything else and you didn't want to show the cracks and then she says you know i had issues with robert and you know i didn't want to talk about it and it's like well you didn't so good for <laughs> we didn't you talk about robert at all so i don't know what point that is yeah um but then you know they talk about just there was a situation that danielle has been i guess holding in her pocket that i guess happened before 
like in the very beginning of the season it sounds like where they were out in montauk Lindsay was drinking she ends up getting upset and like being loud enough that everybody can hear carl leaves danielle's trying to smooth the situation out but then Lindsay ends up going to southampton social and carl takes a 400 hundred dollar uber back to the city which is oh so yeah <laughs> that wow. is that is crazy that was actually shocking to me nothing about the old the part that was shocking to me was taking an uber back to new york from Hello? montauk that's insane it's insane it's so that is so long you guys and and even i think didn't people didn't catch this part but somebody said i think maybe danielle said robert thought you guys broke up that night so mm-hmm. i i don't know i don't know yeah i mean taking a car they Lindsay was like oh we do that all the time like well that's weird <laughs> i mean there's just like no way that's true it's that would just be such i mean that's that's just so insane it's like, not normal it's no version of normal <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure people, like, a lot of people have been to New York, so they understand. But, like, I would have to be in an extremely desperate situation to do that. Especially, it was in the middle of the night, right? Right. Right. Like, it would have to be, like, I legitimately have nowhere to go at all. Yeah. And, I mean, that, I mean, the money, the time, I don't know. (laughs) That was I was shocked by that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people don't understand. Like, if you're not from New York, you don't understand how wild that is. Like, that's really, really wild, <laughs> really wild. It's like three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it might seem like twenty or thirty miles, but that's it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time. Um, but okay, so then we get to the engagement, and Paige is like, "It was fake. Shoulder pads on the beach." whatever like i i call bullshit on that because people magazine doesn't show up on a sunday morning to talk to you about your engagement story clearly this was all premeditated and pre-planned uh dave quinn of people magazine did say that the thing was that bravo reps reached out to people because the engagement was public like on a public beach and they just wanted to get ahead of the story mm-hmm. which to me you know i'm gonna divert to you on this still seems a little fishy <laughs> but i don't know um, do i mean i remember when they got engaged it was on dumois within like two hours yeah. so i actually yeah. kind of believe that but I guess my thing is like, what is the motivation on Bravo's end to try to get ahead of the story? I guess to for publicity, or yeah, to have like an official article rather than it showing up on Dumois. Mm, okay. That's what I would guess. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll take that. I will accept that. That was the only part I was like, I don't get why what Bravo would have why they would have a stake in that but okay that does make sense. yeah i think bravo definitely cares about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um they want to like make a moment about it they don't want it to be just like all over the internet and also i am team Lindsay on this whole situation because yeah. i don't know i'd have i feel like every single woman i know while they might have been surprised like the people especially if you're someone like Lindsay, like anytime your boyfriend invites you to 
do anything somewhat special, you show up dressed to the nines if you think you mm-hmm. might get engaged. And that's like right. pretty normal to me. So Paige trying to make that into something nefarious was very unserious to me. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like, I don't mind that she was ready, get ready, do whatever you got to do. But like, I did like that Andy made everybody raise their hand as to whether or not they thought it was fake. And then the new kids, as I keep calling them, were like, no, but like suspicious maybe we thought she was suspicious <laughs> definitely thought that I did think um, it was really weird I mean maybe I wasn't paying attention during the season which is a hundred percent possible but I didn't realize they all were riding so like all the newbies were riding so hard for rat house like right. they all I guess they just needed someone to side with it's working whatever whatever's working is working I mean I get it because if you're seeing all these sobbing on the floor moments of Danielle, you're like, what is all this emotion for girl? They just got engaged. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. But so then Paige starts talking about her experience with Lindsay, how it's never been good, but there's this like, well, how do we square that with the fact that you guys had lunch right before the season started and everything seemed chill why what's the deal now why are you so like team danielle gabby says it just seemed like you were very excited to see this friendship crumble and Paige says no i have experienced Lindsay myself she was very isolating she didn't speak to me she yelled at me my first season i can take that but like all the other women have had their own negative experience with Lindsay that had nothing to do with me. And I also feel like whatever she's feeling, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I just think this might be a thing of like, not everybody gets along with each other. You know? I don't think that them getting together before the season to just kind of like make sure they were cool with each other somehow negates I don't know. I am I'm team page on this one. I don't, I don't like that her trying to get together and be like, Hey, can we have a good season? Like she still feels the way she feels. And I can understand if you felt like someone was not nice to you and maybe even bullied you to an extent. And then you knew they had a friend who maybe in the back of your mind, you've been thinking, man, this person really isn't treated well by this person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that, you know, this girl would, you know, be treated more fairly by her friend I could totally see once you see an opportunity trying to be like hey you know I've always been kind of worried about your guys's dynamic like let's talk about it mm-hmm. um I feel like the internet's creeping into my brain though because I don't know if you've noticed or talked about it on the podcast but the internet is like very team Lindsay oh yeah so, like yeah. when I'm saying this stuff I'm like oh my god I'm gonna get canceled because yeah, everyone's y'all, so y'all... team Lindsay yeah you guys go to her Instagram not mine I didn't say that okay <laughs> but I'm curious if you have any opinion on to why that is as to why people are so team Lindsay I think that people feel like Paige has always like had something under the radar she's just been like waiting to be a hater for her on and Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make sense why she's got all this anger in the reunion like I said earlier that we don't see happening on the show and I could I could see how from Lindsay's perspective again as a woman who lives in a very objective black and white world it's like we had this talk we're fine what the hell's going on now and didn't really 
see it for maybe what it was. I, I feel like people find Paige to be very fake. I could see that. I also, I think that Paige kind of holds a grudge. And I yeah. I could totally yeah. see that. Um, I could see her never getting over feeling bullied by Lindsay or not supported by Lindsay mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. You know, yeah. like and also I could totally Craig really her... hates Lindsay. Right, right, yeah. So maybe she's she's impacted by him as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people look at the wrong person in that situation. I feel like people are like, "Oh, Craig doesn't like pa- uh, Lindsay because of Paige," but I think it's Paige doesn't like Lindsay because of Craig. <laughs> I think Craig hates her more than than uh, than Paige does. Honestly, I've always felt that way. I could totally see that. Yeah, and uh, well. Then there are some accusations. Paige says that everybody knows Lindsay has a bad attitude. She's bad to fans. She's bad to production. Even Andy knows you're rude. He had to yell at you at BravoCon because of how you treated his staff. And then uh, she says that Lindsay even threw a shoe at producers at one point, (laughs) which Lindsay says didn't happen. Um, There were a lot of accusations flying around. A lot. Paige does kind of get Lindsay because she says, name one girl in the seven years that you talk to other than the ones that you just met six months ago. And Lindsay's only response to that is, I texted Maya when the dog bit her at the wedding, which happened earlier this season. Is that all you got? One text? Yeah, I mean, I think that that may be why I ultimately fall on Team Bedbug here because (laughs) it kind of is like, all of these new people have joined the house and everyone ends up being on team bed bug. And it's like, maybe there's something there. Like maybe Lindsay is turning them off. I don't know. What do you think? I could see how Lindsay probably walked into the situation being like, Daniel's my friend. I don't really care about these younger people. I'm just doing my thing. And they felt very slighted by that. Um, but it's like, I probably wouldn't wanted to be friends with Hannah either. And she and Hannah were kind of a package deal. So yeah. yeah. Sometimes these things are just like, yeah, (laughs) sometimes these things just happen. Um, And I just feel like it's, I just feel like they just never got along. And like I said, like not everybody's for everybody and that that might just be it. But I also feel like, I, I wonder if like Paige kind of admires Lindsay in a way and just feels like, Oh, like we could have been friends, but you ruined it. Maybe that I feel like maybe very deep down. <laughs> yeah, she would never admit that. But I think no, <laughs> no. And I think ultimately Paige wants to be the queen bee. I mean, she yeah. modeled for limited two. Like she <laughs> was the popular girl in school. So for I think sure. that that's also a little bit coming into play. For sure. For sure. And we also have to realize that Paige went to like an all girls boarding school, which really has to affect how she behaves in this house mostly full of women you know totally totally yeah there are so many women now (laughs) yeah (laughs) um with that do you have any final thoughts about the reunion do you think that danielle might make a point at all in the future i think that she I don't know. I think that maybe she needs some time away from the show. I think that what I, I just feel bad for her mm-hmm. because she definitely, I don't want to 
excuse her behavior. And I think she definitely did not handle herself well. But the last scene of the season where she was just like, those emotions were real. And I think she yeah. is really struggling. And I just don't like it. I don't like watching it. It makes me feel bad. Yeah, I get, I'm with you. I'm with you. Stephanie, thank you so much for talking with me today. Tell everybody where they can find you. Tell them about the book again. Let them know, sis. Yes, um, you can follow me at Steph E. McNeil on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. And my book goes on sale a week from today. So you can buy it then. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop, anywhere you find it. And I have currently 10 billion links to it on my Instagram. So you can definitely <laughs> find it. <laughs> well, congratulations in advance. And uh, yeah, we'll have to chat soon. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. We met at a New Year's party, and we've been dating for about a year and a half. She wants to be a private person. We don't post each other on Instagram. It's not something that we do, and I got to respect that. All right, you guys, it's just you and me, and we're here to talk about the latest episode of uh, Near and Dear to My Heart, Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. I got to say, now that uh, succession is officially over we got to get these numbers up they're airing sundays at nine o'clock check it out watch it live or you know have your tv on i don't know why i'm shilling the show like i have a personal stake in it like i've got an ep credit but i just really like the show and i want them i feel like they deserve to have a season two much like you know real girlfriends in paris that we learned is not going to get another season i'm very upset about it and i just don't want these kids to get left out okay already list missing family karma can we get that back I don't know. But let's talk about Martha's Vineyard. So we are at like the tail end of day five out of 15. And everybody just found out, mostly everybody, I think Jasmine and Silas are probably in the bedroom just, you know, but they just, everybody else just found out that Nick has a girlfriend. Bria says in a confessional, you've slid in mine, Shanice, and Jordan's DMs. Like, damn, Gina. So we find out that this lady, the girlfriend's name is Tasia. Nick tells us that they've been together for like a year and a half. <laughs> a year and a half. And that she's a very private person. We do see pictures of her, but that she's a really private person. So they just respect the fact that they don't post each other on IG or whatever. Okay. So the next day, day six, it's morning. We find out that Shanice has to go back to her job for the week. She'll be back next weekend. But before she goes, the girls decide to go out for a mimosa walk. And at this point, I was like, I was even telling my friends this, that this is a summer house that I want. Like, I, listen, I'm not like above bed bug behavior. You know, who are me to judge? However, this is more my speed. I want to go out with the girls and be like, it's morning. Let's uh, make us some mimosas and we'll go out on a walk. Now, is this walk seemingly just to a very small pathway on the property? Yes. And back? Absolutely. Maybe 200 feet, and then we're back in the driveway. And, you know, that's a that's exercise. I, I like that. At least we're oh, up. At least we're upwardly mobile. <laughs> Preston was begging to go on this mimosa walk, but unfortunately, he is stuck with the other line brothers doing workouts, like military style. Styles is trying to body shame him. They have a whole moment about different bodies and different exercise levels. And amen. Amen to him. But then they switch topics to like 
what does the rest of the guys think about the conversation they had about drinks, about uh, women getting free drinks or specifically married women, specifically his married woman getting free drinks at the club? What do y'all think? And I do appreciate Nick in these moments for being like, you got to chill. <laughs> you have to realize and have some peace of mind that she's had these girlfriends way longer way before you were in the picture and they've all been fine. They all seem to be doing well. They're living and they're good. So you got to be able to trust that they've got each other's back. And also the Jasmine can take care of herself. Hello. That's like the bigger part. Why are you Silas putting all of this like responsibility for Jasmine on everybody else, on Jordan, on the free drinks, on whatever, this is a Jasmine problem. Like she already told you that the issue that you have is really between me and you and not you and Jordan or whoever is at the club buying her a free vodka tonic. You got to figure that out within each other. It's not really a group conversation. So as they're doing their respective workouts, Jasmine and Silas are finding out from like the guys and the girls about Nick's girlfriend revelation. And Jasmine says in a confessional, Nick is like Nick Cannon at this point. He's like the wrong Nick. So Bria asks the girls, why do you think Nick was pressing all of us when he had a girlfriend? And Shanice says, well, I think that he was probably just trying to like, see if we were all down, put some feelers out. Like Giselle was trying to say about Chris, like trying to see if they were with it. And then when the chemistry wasn't working out, when he came into the house, he was like, oh, well, I have a girlfriend. But Bria's like, where was your girlfriend when you were calling Shanice your wife? That's my wife. I'm about to marry her. So the guys go back to the house and Silas and Nick go to play beer pong by themselves. But Nick says, hey, man, like I've been wanting to talk to you one on one for a second. So I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to share my thoughts. OK, and the question is, do you think with regard to your relationship with Jasmine, do you feel like you're controlling <laughs> Now, has anybody ever said yes to that question? You know, but I also feel like Nick was maybe asking a, a, a rhetorical question. Like, I'm putting it out there that people feel that way. Do you see why we might feel that way? So Silas says it might look like that from the outside, but really it's out of planning and making sure that things are right. And he's like, okay. Say you've been like overly protective of controlling. Do you feel like maybe Jasmine might lose some of her independence from all the lording over that you're doing? So Silas says in a confessional, <laughs> I'm not taking marriage advice from somebody who has a secret girlfriend, which, you know, touche. <laughs> I'm going to have to give him a touche on that one. He says that Jasmine's very independent. She's very much in control of their schedule, what they're doing, and that his part is just to making sure that things are paid on time. So Nick tells Silas, just give her a moment without you and see, like, let her shine, right? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In the kitchen, Preston and Bria are having, like, leftover macaroni and cheese. And Bria's saying that she wants to ask Nick more about his situation with his girlfriend because she knows that when her boyfriend Simon comes, like... I know that you guys are all going to grill him, not in a bad way, like in a brother or sister way. And I I really like that. And I want that. And then things take a shift. I'm a a little bit confused as to what happened. But Bria asks Amir, is there anything that you feel like I've been lacking on in terms of like giving you the same respect, like that sister respect that you give, like the brother respect? Am I giving enough to you as a sister? Right. Right. So Amir says, I've been really trying to process that. And I think you guys just don't know me yet. And then he starts crying and he says, you guys just don't know like how I moved. And that's why family is so important to me because they anchor me down. And there's also been a lot of self-discovery happening for me in a very quick time. And I just haven't had the ability to process it. So Amir says in a confessional that coming from a place where he didn't think like he was seen as black enough, he's now seeing all different versions of blackness in this house at all different levels and it's comforting to him but I don't know like what he's crying about (laughs) like are you crying because you're overwhelmed are you crying because you don't feel like you're getting support or are you crying because you're realizing that the family is everything to you but that family really wasn't supporting you in your blackness and now you're seeing what that looks like, and that's a lot, I don't really know. So Preston tells Amir, I feel like you're my brother. They all hug each other, and he's like, thank you guys so much for caring about what, I'm not really sure, but, you know, I'll just hug you. I'm just getting a hug. Woo, 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 woo. Are you happy? Are you sad? Not sure. Woo, 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 woo. Anyway, everybody sits down for dinner, and Amir tells them, we're going fishing the next day, and whatever we catch, I'm going to be cooking. So then Jasmine tells us, we're going to get another two cycled into the house. Her friends, Summer and Jason, are coming to stay. And so Jasmine goes, oh, Nick, by the way, I heard you had a girlfriend. What's going on with that? Honestly, uh, I came in here, like, ready for people to get to know each other. And I came here thinking, like, I was going to be your wing woman and kind of back you up. But today I'm hearing you're in a relationship. So I guess I'm going to have to find a way to support you differently. Because I respect that. Now, two things. (laughs) Bria was right. She, Jasmine, does seem very adamant about, like, being the matchmaker, matchmaker, make make me a match in this house. And I don't know why she feels like that has to happen, particularly with Nick. Like, the fact that she's presenting this as, like, something that she has to process because she was planning to be his wing woman and not just, like him lying and flirting with girls when he had a whole girlfriend, you know, that would be my issue, but okay. So Nick says, well, my situation was ambiguous. So Preston goes, well, do you regret it? And Nick says, yeah, I do because I was uncomfortable playing two faces. So Jordan's like, wait, 
what's going on? And then she finds out for the first time that he has a girlfriend. And so Jasmine says, well, I was asking because I thought you liked Shanice. And then Jordan says, didn't you say that Shanice was your wife? That's my wife. Nick in this moment is trying so hard not to panic. Like, keep cool, brother. Keep cool. But he's like, you know, I think the messages that I sent you guys were friendly, not overt. Cut to these messages on the screen where he's saying, oh, special. You are special. Looking forward to meeting you on Thursday. Uh, Another one. Have you always been this fine? Hard eye emojis, fire emojis, things of that nature. Things that I would imagine a girlfriend wouldn't want to see blasted on television. You know? Anyway. um, Somebody asks at the table, did you say the wife comments about Shanice? And he's like, nah, no. (laughs) So then in a confessional, I love that we're hearing these people really hold the cast to task about this and what they're saying. And the lies. The lies. So the producer, he says in a confessional, uh, sorry, the producer says, so you're saying that the whole wife comment never happened. And he's like, I never said that. There's no way to corroborate the story. (laughs) So the producer then says, but all of them are saying it happened. I'm hearing it happened in the DMs. And also Jasmine had some kind of event at her house. So he just blinks. And then he goes, I didn't say that. Definitely not. So Jasmine tells us that Every time before they entered this house, basically, they were having, you know, group link ups, hangouts, whatever, that every time they would link up as a group before they got to this trip, Nick would say, that's my wife. Shanice is my wife. I'm gunning for her. Like he was a broken record. So this is not like one comment that he made once. This was a multiple (laughs) case situation. So then Alex says in a confessional, did I know that Nick had a girlfriend? Yes. Did I know how serious the relationship was? I don't think I really did. Had I been really clear on on that, I think I would have had more of a present mind to have a real conversation with him about it because I have to be honest, I was quite confused on it myself. And at this point, I want to know what was the off-camera pre-show relationship between Nick and Alex? Like, were they kicking it? Were they in the same circles? It's one thing to say... We keep our private life off of social media, but it's another thing to know somebody in their real life and to still not know <laughs> that they have a girlfriend and that they've been with her for a year and a half. That seems uh, odd to me. So I would like to know like what their relationship was, because obviously like he knew something, but he didn't know all of it. And that's weird. My other thing is I didn't realize like what Nick's deal was. I just glanced at an article and Nick is like a stylist for real. He actually styled Diddy for last year's Oscars. Good on him for that. I think he also works for like Deloitte or something. That man really is a jack of all trades. He's a stylist, uh, Arthur lookalike, <laughs> um, tax person, finance professional, friend of Diddy, boyfriend, not boyfriend, Man in your DMs. Man running around. He's really got a lot going on. So after that, Jasmine tells Nick, she's just a little bit taken aback. She's like, I just know that like, if I was in your girlfriend's shoes, you know what? As long as you guys are on the same page, that's all that matters. And Nick says, we are. We definitely are. Then he's like saying something about how like, 
we're solid and I thought we could be friendly knowing that the end goal is friendship. Like that's what I wanted out of the girls. So Jordan goes, like he's saying like I could DM people and like, as long as it just stayed friendly, like, you know, I'm good. She's fine with that. Whatever. Right. So then Jordan goes, okay, but how long have you guys been together? And we do not get a complete answer from him in this time. It's a lot of, oh, we met in, I don't know, like 2016. And we've been in contact for years. And, you know, a spark. (laughs) How long have you been with her, or Nick? What's her name? Yeah, Nick. (laughs) So then Preston goes, "Uh, Nick, how are you feeling now? Are you feeling like daggers coming at you? No? Okay. Well, let me know if you need to cry with Later, we need somebody to cry with because I know this hurts right now. (laughs) So then somebody asks, like, can we all just like touch shoulders for a moment? Like, let's let's bring the tension down. This somehow turns into a swag surf. I'm not sure why, but we never know why. You know, sometimes you just ease into one. I love black people. Anyway, everybody goes to bed, but Bria sends a text message. It looks like to like jasmine and silas saying oh my gosh i'm so excited to see simon jasmine responds i can't wait to meet him and then bria says yeah i can't believe i get to spend a whole week with him and so silas is in bed with jasmine and he goes did we approve this jasmine says no so then silas says well we need to challenge it and jasmine says okay well what does that look like (laughs) and he's like well We tell her we've been gracious to allow you to bring your dog. Like it was a bit much. And then to ask us to have your boyfriend live in the house with equal access as everyone else. We just need to make a hard and fast rule. No. So then Jasmine responds in the text chat. Yeah, let's talk about that later. And then at this point we get the Coopers after dark again. Just like. Okay. Real, real session. You know, why are you so concerned about her getting free drinks? She's walking into the club bow-legged because of you anyway. (laughs) She's not forgetting you, Silas. None of us are. Anyway, at this moment, Silas turns to Jasmine and say, do you think that camera has a glow-in-the-dark lens? And she goes, yeah, probably. And he's like, well, oh well. Ray J. Kim K, I guess. And then they go to bed. (laughs) So the next morning, Jasmine asks Bria, is it official and confirm that Simon's coming? Yes, girl, he's coming from Germany. We all know this. And so Bria's like, yeah, he's coming Thursday and he's going to be staying until the following Thursday, until the end. So Bria says, I did tell you guys at the bowling alley that because he's in Germany, that it's going to be a whole week. And so Jasmine says, so it kind of sounds like he's staying with the original house folks. So I do want to bring it to the house because of the Phil stuff. I just think like there needs to be a boundary there. So it seems like their first line of defense is be like, well, you brought the worst person on the planet last time and we had to kick him out before he even opened his bags. So, you know, maybe we're a little concerned about your vetting process. Sabria tells Jasmine, Simon's not like Phil. He's not a crazy person, I promise. So Jasmine says, well, I just want to check with the guys about it. So in a confessional, a producer says to Jasmine, it is on camera that Bria said, because he's coming from Germany, he'll need to stay for a week. But Jasmine goes, no, he, he never, she never said that. She never said he was coming. Of course, we see a slow motion shot of them at the bowling alley. 
Bree is telling Jasmine, who has her arm around Silas, like they're all kind of huddled up close enough that they can hear each other. Bree is saying, he's coming for the last week. And she goes, we're excited. And then you didn't catch it the first time. We got the slow-mo again. So then Jasmine tries to say, play in this confessional to the producer and say, well, Bria plays a lot of games. Baby, I know this is your first season, but if a producer's telling you <laughs> we have this on camera, <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, she plays too much. Honey, she doesn't like Bria. And I just, <laughs> was it Jordan that convinced her? She does not like Bria. She does not want her here. She looks at her as a liability. And it's just like nothing <laughs> Bria can do is, is not like at the very best Bria can get out with some shady comments about her like she doesn't respect her relationship like how are you gonna say oh Bria um dates I've just known her to date a lot of people and uh you know I just call them a dollar one dollar two dollar three and we probably won't even hear from this guy in six months but as soon as you find out that Nick who held his girlfriend for a year and a half is in a whole ass relationship, even though he was flirting directly to you and the girls about them. <laughs> you're like, well, I'm just going to trust that you know that you're doing the right thing. Like, come on. So Bria hops in on a FaceTime with Shanice and is like, girl, I just want to let you know uh, that Alex sat me down when there were no cameras. Well, there are no cameras that he thought were catching him. And he told me that he felt uncomfortable because he found out about you and blank, the, the insecure actor. So we see footage from that day and we don't see Alex. Like he's, like it seems like they're in like a sunroom kind of situation. There's one camera set up and he's like behind that corner, right? So we see everybody else in the room. It's Preston, Nick, and Bria. And so Alex is telling them, I found this article about how Shanice is a stalker and there's a restraining order against her. And like, I don't know. <laughs> Bria's like, or Shanice rather is like, I have never been in a house where there have been conversations like that going on. But like, I don't really care. I just had my monthly sex. So whatever. <laughs> so after that, everybody goes fishing and they come back and Simon is delivering. He delivered a bunch he had a bunch of flowers delivered to Bria, right? But more importantly, Jasmine's friend Summer comes to the house. They met at Sundance, they bonded over being writers, and they've just been girlfriends ever since. All the guys, and by all the guys I mean Nick and Amir, are like, Oh, she looks like Hillary Banks. Or maybe Alex said it, but just because she was light skinned and wore a blazer. That's it. So Silas tells everybody that they're going to have a toga party that night after they go fishing. And then he tries, he's so lame. He tries to make it like, oh, this needs to be like a, a Kappa versus Alpha thing, even though they're like, most of the people aren't in Greek life. And a lot of these people are girls, so they're not in fraternities. And he's like, well, I just want to keep the integrity of what? <laughs> this is a toga party at your house. You're just going to be playing flip cup in the backyard. Who gives a shit? <laughs> boring. He's so boring. Then Jason shows up, who's also Jasmine's friend. They used to be roommates in New York. I'm not sure if this was uh, also the one who got evicted. I'm not sure. But he says he's straight. 
and it could be kind of weird to be have for, you know relationships with straight women but i guess silas is trying to keep it together and he's trying to what he says fully appreciate why jasmine appreciates him <laughs> so everybody's downstairs doing the fish fry because we had to lovingly explain to amir if you're having a bunch of people over for fish and they're black it's gonna be fried fish not grilled fish amir but anyway bria comes down trying to help she just douses the broccoli with Lowry season salt. I've truly never seen anything like it. Now, I know that, like, we as a, a Black try to educate our less melanated friends about seasonings. And I feel like a lot of people have taken things too far. Um, it, there's a um, it's not seasoned until I'm sneezing uh, theory. I don't abide by that. And the Lowry's to the broccoli, girl, heart attack. Let's, let's lipids, healthy fats, LDL, HDL, all of them. <laughs> she really was going up all in there willy nilly. And like, you have to have something like I call Lowry's hand. It's a seasoning hand because Lowry's, if y'all don't know, comes in like different size bottles. And so you have to know, you have to be prepared and have the Lowry's hand to know like how much is, cause you know, you get the big bottle. That's usually for like a big meat, ribs, things like things of that nature, not broccoli. <laughs> not a side of broccoli <laughs> so she was just going in there with the big lowry's like doing rib rib side seasoning on on a side of broccoli it was too much but anyway bria takes this time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with silas because she's like i'm mad at you let's go by to the pool so she says listen i know that when we were bowling everybody was a little buzzed but you did say that it was okay for simon to stay here silas again as a host, I don't want to say to other people, forget your concerns, he's coming anyway. So Bria says, but you guys, you and Jasmine get to have each other. Like, you guys are all coupled up. And I, honestly, I kind of feel like it's a race thing. Because earlier in the car, Silas, you made a comment about how you want black women to be married to black men. And so he says, no, I said, I want black women to be married period because that is my experience my preference is that she would be married to a black man but at the end of the day i just want marriage completely like we know so then jasmine hears what like something's going on with with uh silas and bria so she goes outside trying to figure it out and silas is just saying like i want black women to be married period that's the bottom line and for you to think that i'm racist like do you know how much that breaks my heart I don't know what the hell Bria's talking about. <laughs> like he did say that, but I don't, and I, I'm seeing, I guess where her line of thinking is going, but I just, it came so out of left field <laughs> and it's not really making sense why we're now acting like uh, full members of the house or partial members of the house and he should have benefits. And uh, like, we're doing like a pulling a Sheena versus Katie. Like I revoked your access to the preferred pool. Like, I don't really understand what's going on <laughs> with both of them. Like y'all did say, she did tell y'all that he was going to be there for the week. She said that it's on camera. We all saw it. We all heard it, it heard it why you guys are trying to now backtrack i don't know but also bria you could just say this is what you said i know you guys were drunk but this is what you said and just stick to that i don't i don't get the race part of it but okay 
Bria gets upset in a confessional and says that Silas and Jasmine deserve each other because of all the little boundaries <laughs> that they like to make. So she starts packing up her shit. She goes back to her room, packing up her shit. Milo's confused. Everybody's downstairs playing beer pong and screaming in their togas and having a good time. But Silas notices she's gone. So he whispers to Jasmine, like, there's a missing house member and I feel bad. But Jasmine's like, yeah, I don't shrug. <laughs> So he pretends to go to the bathroom, but he really wants to see what's going on with Bria. So he knocks on her door and Bria's like, I just feel like I keep getting disrespected. And I feel like, do you guys even care about my relationship and my love? And so Silas says, listen, the amount of time that Simon's saying, it's a little long. We've already given you grace with Milo. And so Silas says, but I, Jasmine, sorry, Bria says, I can't fuck my dog to get off. No disrespect. We hear you having sex every other day. You can get off and you're fine. <laughs> so then Silas is like, but Jasmine and I are full members in the ha- of the house. And to keep it real, you're manipulative. Now, he he's trying to say manipulative. He keeps saying manipulative. Or, I don't know what he's... It's not manipulative. It's manipulative. Manipulative. <laughs> but... Then he's like, every time I criticize Simon, you just revert back to us being racist. And so Bria's like, why can't he stay? And Sal says, well, people have an issue with it. Now, the only person we've heard like kind of say anything is Amir, who said that he was just under the impression that Simon was going to staying be staying for three days, which is like perfectly normal this is my boyfriend partner behavior, but now he's staying five or six and it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. So he's like, well, we need to take it to the people and have a house vote about whether or not Simon can stay. And Sabrina's like, who, who needs to, who needs to know? And then she opens the door, tells Silas to get out. <laughs> you need to go Bye. You're controlling. You're not going to do that to me. Like you do with Jasmine. Everybody thinks that Bye. you're controlling. Everybody feels that way. She likes to have a good time and you're controlling. And if you're going to call me things, I'm going to call you names back. And we leave on a to be continued of Silas sadly shuffling down the stairs in a toga while Bree is screaming about how controlling and manipulative he is. So God bless. We'll be back next week. If you're able to give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. Check out the Patreon. We're what? Almost in a new year. No, it is a new month, rather. So check that out. I talked about, woo, with my friend Anastasia about the Bama Rush HBO Max documentary. If you didn't watch it, if you did, you're going to know why we need to talk about that documentary because what the hell? What the hell was that? So check that out at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. I've been doing great documentaries lately. Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, Queen Maker I did with my friend Jay Reyna. That was another flop documentary, uh, but that was fun to talk about. So yeah, we have fun back there, you guys. Patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. But you can find the links to that everywhere in every episode description. It's right there. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. We'll be back later.